The expressed views of the guests on this podcast are theirs alone and not necessarily endorsed by the host, TWBC, or any associated sponsor. Conversations that are robust yet balanced, on point and to the point. You are listening to The Talk of Tournament Water Skiing. This is the TWBC Podcast. And now, here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and welcome to this latest edition of the TWBC Podcast. I'm the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot, and thanking you for your support in listening to this latest episode, which uh, features the current World Women's Trick Champion. It is none other than Anna Gay. How are you doing? Good, Tony. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Let me see if I can try and give, uh, give your level, levels a little bit of a spike. Is that, does that sound a little better? I don't know. You tell there me. There we go. That's perfect. Okay. okay. All right, then. We've got that situated in a little uh, technical snafu there, but uh, that's all well and good. All right, then. So, Anna Gay, you are the, currently the World Trick Champion. Uh, you graduated with your, uh, with your undergraduate uh, degree this past May at the University of Alabama and uh, getting set to, to, uh, to perform at the, uh, the Malibu Open. We'll go into the academics in a little bit, but uh, how's, uh, how's your training and how's everything gone in, on the approach to the Malibu Open? It's been good, yeah. I've been, I've been at home this semester, which is a little different. I'm doing a master's online, so I've been training a lot at home, and so that's been good, but, but different. Um, I've been up here the past week. We went to regionals in south carolina and then have been in, at lyman land this past week so and no it's been good i've been slumming really well i'm happy with how i've been skiing and so yeah i'm excited to ski this weekend okay and i saw you uh, jump a little bit as well how did that go <laughs> yes jump uh jump has been slow but yes it's going better i'm practicing a lot more that's kind of my weakness is i trick and slalom first and then i jump last and so if i'm just too tired it just gets pushed to the next day and um, yeah, this year I've just been slow starting, starting to jump and just started jumping really, um, right before us nationals. So wow, a little late into the season, but no, it's been going well. Excellent stuff. And, uh, you're originally from winter garden, right? In central Florida. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll, and I'll ask you the same question that, uh, that I asked Brooke uh, in the previous uh, podcast that, you know, the transition from going from central Florida winter garden to Tuscaloosa, which is the quintessential college town. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's been four years since you set foot on that campus, but, uh, uh how's, how's your experience been on in what is quintessentially a college town, so to speak? I've loved my time at UA. Uh, The University of Alabama is incredible. It's an incredible campus, which I'm sure you've gotten to see since you've been here. Uh Um, It it is like the greatest school. It's got the coolest atmosphere. We've got the greatest ski lake of all time to ski at. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's really a mixture of the best of both worlds. And so it's really, it's been great. I have loved my time here. I would do it all over again. Um, I miss it. I miss being, I'm now that I'm doing school at home, I miss being up here, but I love being able to come up for weeks at a time to ski with the team. And you mentioned Lyman Land. You get to you you got to ski out here on a on a fairly frequent basis, obviously with, in all three events, including jump. Yep. Uh, but uh, but you also spent a lot of time with your own boat on the river that kind of splits uh, splits right down the middle of Tuscaloosa. Tell us mm-hmm. about those experiences. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. It, we I have really really good memories from being on the river as well. Um, me and Dan Green and Taylor Rothwell and 
uh, Zach Monavon. We spent a lot of time on that river trekking. My parents um, brought us up a 200, which was very generous of them. And so we launched the boat um, about half a mile off campus and we'd ski on the rivers uh, early in the morning before classes and just spend a lot of time on a trick ski and then head out to Lyman's in the afternoon. And it was so much fun. Uh, because I mean, tre- uh, I mean, tricking or training on that kind of atmosphere with like a nice wide river, you know, it kind of messes a little bit with your depth perception. And you know, uh, in most ski lakes, you know, most ski lakes, uh, their entire length, I mean, is is basically custom made for one twenty second pass, mm-hmm. and then the boat spins and then takes you back in the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. But put in like pass after pass after pass back to back to back to back uh, i mean i mean that that was probably a little bit weird for you to uh, to adjust to right yeah i mean certainly good practice the river is not perfect lyman land is absolutely perfect um so it was good practice i mean the wakes are massive out there we practice at every different speed you can imagine i mean the, there's a pretty strong current most of the time um, so that must have been good for Moomba, right? It's very good practice for Moomba. Yeah, it, it was really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, so it was really, it was just different. Um, the current's different. It's super deep. Uh, yeah, it, the width is different. There's a seawall right in front of school, but then you also <laughs> get like kids from campus watching, and I, it's really just a different environment. But it's really fun. We we loved it, and yeah, I mean, as far as practice goes, you get lots of endurance practice. That's for I sure. I bet you get a lot of people watching spend. from. You bet you get, get a lot of people watching from the bridge as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that yep. goes goes from one side of uh, Tuscaloosa to the other, right? Yep. There's like two bridges, and um, so we ski like bridge to bridge, which. I don't know, a couple miles apart. Um, but yeah, we go from bridge to bridge. And so like, really we spin, I would say I would do a trick set and go all the way down, spin one time and come all the way back. And, um, yeah, and it's exhausting and it's fun, but it, it's definitely hard. Um, you're used to spinning and like, I don't know, spinning for some reason, you get a good break mm-hmm. when you spin at the end. And so when you just go straight for a while, it's, it's hard. But no, it was great practice. All right, then. Tell us a little bit more about your experiences at, uh, at UA. Because, I mean, you graduated in May. You, your degree was in what? Human environmental science. And you're a realtor. Okay, kind of, kind of, kind of, get, kind of give us uh, the background as to why you wanted to go with that degree plan and how that kind of segues a little bit into what you into what you currently do now uh, pro- professionally. Uh, professionally, if there is indeed any kind of connection between those two. Um, yeah, I uh, I started off with a nursing degree. So that was my original, um, was nursing. I got into the nursing program the summer of 2020. And so did that up until January. And then with COVID and a lot of the COVID requirements, um, at the end of the day, it just caused me to have to be forced out of the program. And so I, this was like the day before classes started. And so, I, yeah, it was very stressful because I'm going into my last semester of college. Um, with my degree totally up in the air and I worked extremely hard to so, get to so, where I was. So just give us an idea in the last semester, how many uh, hours did you have remaining in order to graduate? Like t- somewhere between 12, 15 hours, I would say. Two classes. Two classes, mm-hmm. two classes. So six hours. Well, so the nursing program's different in that way. So I had two classes, but each of those classes were eight hours. So 16 oh, okay. hours, but two classes. Um, yeah. So two classes and then I was done. So it was very unfortunate. Um, but I just, I, I kind of knew that was a potential 
possibility. Um, and so I very quickly called all my counselors and tried to figure out, okay, now what's my best step? Like, what can I graduate with? Um, I talked to the president of the school, the dean of the nursing program, trying to figure out what I should do. And at the end of the day, figured out that the best course of action for me was to change my major. Um, and the major that I could graduate with the soonest was human environmental science. Um, at the University of Alabama, we have a college of human environmental science. Mm -hmm. um, and so that entails things like interior design, athletic training, uh, nutrition, human development. And so I had minors in nutrition and human development. And so that really helped me have a lot of hours towards that degree and what ultimately led me to getting a overall just general human environmental science degree it's kind of so. a, kind of kind of like the general studies of that of, of that college to, yes, so, so exactly. to speak you know yeah. nothing like specialized but i had so many hours because with a nursing uh degree you typically don't do minors so for me to have that was helpful and then it helped me graduate on time all right then so let's fast forward after that you mean you 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 walked you got your degree you got mm -hmm. your plaque and everything and then you went into, in, into realty. So I actually got my real estate license last summer. Okay. Um, so August of 2021. Um, and so that was just something I was working at the hospital that summer. I was skiing a little bit, but figured why not do something else? I'm not really sure why I added something to that plate, but um, <laughs> real estate was something I always kind of enjoyed doing. Um, I always wanted to buy investment properties. Um, and so anyways, so that was just something I was like, okay, well, you know, why not try and go for a real estate license, uh, during the summer when I, I currently don't have a job. Um, I mean, I worked at the hospital, but that was part-time. So I went ahead and got my real estate license, which actually ended up being perfect because of my situation. How long does it take to get one of those? Because I mean, it's, it almost seems every other skier and his dog, you know, a bit, uh, uh, in, in, in central Florida, at least along the pro level seems to have uh, a real estate license, at least, at least from what, from my perspective, look, looking mm -hmm. in, you know, like Whitney's got one, Drew's got one. Uh, am, am I missing out on anybody here? Uh, Tebow. has got, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he works with Sotheby's, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there, there's probably a whole slew of others that are missing, but those are the ones that spring to mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends, too. Like, you can do it, the course really, really quickly. Um, you could do it in a couple of weeks if you wanted. My dad actually had his real estate license at a time. Um, it took me probably three months. I studied. I did the course twice. <laughs> um, so I did the course and then did it again before I took the test because I just wanted to make sure I passed it the first time. Um, just... Just knowing me, I like read th read through it the first time, and then realized, okay, like if I'm going to go take a test on this entire course, I probably should do it again. Um, so I did it twice. I took three months, and I just really tried to study it because I did not want to take it again. So I took it one and done. All right, then that's uh, that sounds pretty good. So uh, now now that you now that you had your uh, your degree in hand and your and your qualified realtor in in, in Central Florida, you know. Obviously, around about that time that you graduate or or you've gotten your real estate license is about the time that the that the pro season kind of kicks in a little bit with the masters and with the LCQs and all of, and all of and all of that uh, taken into account and then the nationals comes up in a few months. Okay, so it must have been a pretty stressful time, I would say. Uh, yeah, it was. It was in the fact that everything kind of like was up in the air. Like I just got this degree and it 
there's not really a clear-cut path with human environmental science. Um, and so, like, nursing is very straightforward. You get a nursing degree, you become a nurse. You, and then you could go telenursing or work at a hospital in a residency or that kind yes. of stuff, you know. But, you know, what, what, what were they recommending that you do once you had that, uh, that plaque in hand with the environmental? Well, I never really, I, I never really pursued jobs in human environmental science because I ended up, um, I ended up with a scholarship that was kind of, I had applied for many years and I had fi finally received, I was very surprised, um, in April. And so I kind of knew then that, okay, like the, it was a pretty decent amount of money and like it was enough to cover my master's degree. So, and one more year of school. So then from, um, once I received that scholarship, I, that's when I decided to do my master's in marketing. Um, so it was, it was that that provoked me to do it more than anything else was just that I could do it for free. Okay, so uh, you're still at Alabama now. Mm -hmm. you, you, you not in Tuscaloosa, but you are taking the degree on, online, you yep. get a marketing degree. Yep. So how's, how's that worked out for you so far? It's been good. I mean, online is certainly different. I enjoy being on campus a lot more. Um, but I don't have to pay rent at home, so that's kind of nice. My parents let me nice. crash with them. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's been good. I've come up uh, – this is my second week here, and then I'll probably be here this coming week as well. Um, I was planning to go home Sunday after Malibu, but our lake is very flooded after the hurricane that hit last night. So mm -hmm. yeah, I that will hurricane here. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so – so you just want to be just totally away from Central Florida at yeah. this point. Wait, wait until the emergency services and the first responders and let get get their their stuff done, and then come back in. Right? Yeah, I know. And so I mean, I which is fine. Like I, we have Mark Lane coming this week to help our co um, coach our team, and so that's super exciting. Um, I love being on campus. It really is. It's awesome. But being online certainly is different. Um, but so far, it's going well. All right, then. So uh, next year, uh, you'll be hoping to defend your World Tricks title. And, and no one knows, not even the IWWF or, any, or anyone, uh, anyone close, close to the information that could be released. No one knows where it's going to be or when it's going to be. That, that, how, how does that level of uncertainty play into what you do when it comes to preparing for something like that? Uh, well, the world's, I mean... The worlds are something I think we look at as professional water skiers very far in advance, especially tricking, I think, is you can look at it a little bit differently. Um, but for me, it would be if if you know the date of worlds, then therefore you can plan out, okay, if there's a certain run that I'm trying to hit or a certain point value that I want to score um, and I have to attain certain tricks by that point, then I can kind of... Um, plan that out better so if i'm trying to learn whatever trick i can say i need to learn it by here so that i can try and get it consistent and then put it into my run and then get my run in time like there's so many steps to a trick run mm -hmm. um, and so by kind of not having a date i don't know it just kind of throws that off a little bit like i obviously have like a certain point value trick run that i would like to score but um just not knowing and when in the year that it's going to be is just it's just a little little uncertain it just is a little bit harder to plan yeah um, but i mean ultimately i'm just gonna continue to ski all year round i i 
I want to learn new tricks. Um, I want to uh, get a new what, run for what, what, what tricks are you eyeing up on? I mean, I mean, you do. I mean, you've done most of you. You you can do and are consistent on the vast majority of the of the core tricks that are needed to to trick over ten thousand points. Mm-hmm. I mean, the front flips, flip twist, mobs, uh, half jack. Uh, you can you can you can do all of those, and then obviously you're 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 absolutely super solid on 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 toe tricks, you know. But obviously there is a a large a large increasing pack of skiers in women's tricks. I mean, you have got Janina Bonneman, Janina Meckler. By the time most most people will probably hear this, mm-hmm. uh, Neely Ross, a uh, whole bunch whole bunch of others am i missing miss i'm missing some erica, erica of course Erica's yes i mean because she was the or- original person to uh, to get that front flip and do it consistently in both directions mm-hmm. so what what trick are you are you eyeing up on what tricks are we going to see from anarchy in the future well the one trick that i have tried for so long and have never been able to do a ski line out I can do ski line five what? front. I know. I I I mean, talk about years of trying a trick and being really frustrated. It would be ski line now. Um, although I finally landed it last week, and or maybe it was two weeks ago now. And so I try and do one at the end of every set. Um, and I've gotten so it's gotten more consistent. Give it. Give us a sense of what that relief was. You know, oh when gosh. you stuck that trick, boom. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That one, I pretty much gave myself, I was like, I'm going to work really, really hard, and I will do multiple sets a day for one week. If I do not land it by the end of this week, I give up for a long time. Like, this is just, it to me, was ridiculous. I'm like, it, it doesn't seem that hard, um, yet the timing of it was really a struggle for me. Just the timing of the pull and pushing with your legs, I just I just couldn't do it. Um, so that was, ve- that was very much a relief. Because that opens up another trick, the ski line five front, yeah. right? Ski line five back. Because uh, I can do ski line five front. You can do the ski line mm-hmm. five front, but, but I you cannot can't do ski do, line o. You can't do the ski line o. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. And now I can do the ski line o, and I can do ski line five. So the ski line five back would be the next one I wanted to do. So I can do ski line five front, and then ski line five back, ski line o, ski line back, back. Okay. Not in that order, but uh, m- maybe not. Those four. Okay, <laughs> but that so that so I mean that that will add it. Add up upwards of a thousand points to to what to what you're doing. May at, at least seven hundred and fifty, right? Yeah, it's mainly too. It's just being able to do something going that direction off the wake. Like, there's not a whole lot. Um, I just ski line o just opens up a lot of doors for like ski line o and ski line five back because if you're doing those uh, ski line tricks at the end of your run, like you really need something going from the outside in, um, and you can like do a ski line back that direction. But the ski line o is just really helpful. So that's the main thing is just opening up. Um, a door to be able to do something going from the outside in on that week. All right, then I could imagine what that phone call was like when you when you called your dad and said, oh, yeah. "Yeah, he was very excited." Yes, you know he's you know he'd probably been holding back on a key lime pie key lime pie in the refrigerator waiting for you to do that trick. <laughs> it's probably gone rotten by now. But there you go. Uh, speaking of Russell, uh, obviously huge influence uh, on on what you do out there on the water. Uh, you know. It, you know it's got guided you and influenced you you know and incentivized you to uh, to perform at the high level that you're at tell us a little bit about all of all of that from uh from russ from russell yeah i mean my dad has obviously played a huge role in my skiing i owe 
pretty much all of it to my mom and dad. Um, but yeah, no, my dad, I mean, he never pushed skiing super duper hard on me. It was just like, I always had to do something. And so like as kids, like my brother, sister and I, like, I mean, we played, we probably did every sport. I mean, I can't even think of a sport that we really didn't do. We probably did everything. Um, but it was ultimately skiing that we worked really hard at. Um, and my dad obviously loved skiing, so pushed us in that a little bit. But he, I mean, he always told us we could do whatever we wanted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he he's a phenomenal coach. Um, and so I owe pretty much everything I've ever learned to him and just being – I mean, he'll take off of work and come home and pull me. He will go to every single tournament with me. Um, he will guide me, encourage me. He he's he's a huge part of my skiing. And obviously, uh, the main the main guy behind uh, Quantum Tricks uh, holds mm-hmm. the distributorship for uh, for KD Skis. And obviously, uh, I mean, when you whenever you associate Russell Gay, you'd think of Masterline USA. You know, uh, obviously has all of that on his plate. But how much input do you have pers- personally on 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 those brands? Ob- obviously, with Ma- with Masterline being the major one. Um, not too much. I don't do too much with Masterline, um, other than like obviously we own it, and so I I write all of their stuff. I love all their stuff, but. Um, they do a pretty good job. I can't job imagine of you everything. ever. I don't know that. I can't I imagine you ever, ever needing to buy a handle. Oh no! Yeah, no, no. We definitely have not had to buy a handle. Um, although, but I wouldn't say like you would think um, when you own Masterline, you have all the newest stuff. But I don't know. My, it's funny that doesn't always work out like that. You, you want to make your customers happy, right? So you try Absolutely. and get their stuff out first. But no, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't have a huge part in Masterline, but I certainly love their stuff. I promote their obviously that brand, and um, my Quantum Ski has also made a huge difference in my skiing. And so, no, I use all their stuff and love it. But I, I leave like the making of all the products to them. Absolutely. So, and one kind of gets a sense uh, uh, as we as we kind of like uh, put a bow on bow on this uh, podcast. One gets a sense. The trick skiing as, as 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 a sport within tournament water skiing seems to seems to be uh, achieving a little bit of a of a revival. I mean, I mean, obviously, Quantum's out there with the trick skiing, uh, KD skis are out there, but then but then there are other companies like Good that are producing their trick skis, their brand new ski, the Avalons uh, coming through, you know, and there are, there are at least one or two other manufacturers like Radar have pro- produced the Graviton for years, you know, so, you know, pe- people, people have, have said over the years that trick skiing seems to be fading away, but there's very little evidence of that now, right? I mean, yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, it's one thing that's cool to see, um, is Malibu Open's bringing back, they're just doing men's tricks, but like that's even exciting. That's like a step in the right direction. Um, we had a, a pro trick tournament in Spain this summer. Like we're, we're seeing more trick tournaments added to the schedule. And so like that's been super exciting because typically we have Moomba and Masters and that's about it. I mean, maybe one or two, maybe like US Nationals will put on a pro event um, or something like that. But really we don't have a lot of just pro trek tournaments and um so it's really exciting to see more more events being held and so nautique has really been a big player in that and trying to push trick skiing and grow grow the sport a little bit so indeed indeed and you, you know um i mean i mean i mean hopefully there'll be more more pro events coming up because the athleticism alone uh, should should warrant a, a big a bigger audience now 
Now, one thing that I saw this summer with the, with uh, am- among the trick tournaments that I was a witness to, uh, there were there was a, there was a very young skier in boys one named. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. His last name is Davis. A uh, uh, little little uh, little son. Well, there's a lot of Davises. So there are, of course there are, but but what but one of them. Uh, I think Susie Davis actually mm-hmm. held on to the trick ski on 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 the back platform, and that was just such a cute thing to see. Oh yeah, they're oh my gosh, they're the cutest. Yeah, I, they're youngest. I don't know, he he can't be older than three or four, but mm-hmm. he skied at nationals this year, and we went back and just watched it on water ski results a couple times, and oh, it's adorable. If um, if the videos are up, you guys have to go watch it. It's so so cute. But no, they're incredible skiers, all of them. There's maybe six of them yeah um and they're all just incredible skiers it's it's amazing to watch all right then so we'll put a bow on this uh, podcast uh, thank you very much for being a participant of it here as uh, as we get ready for the malibu open here in lyman land not too far outside of tuscaloosa which is the home of the university of alabama of course so uh, is there is there anything you want to say by way of thanks or acknowledgements or that kind of stuff uh before we uh, put uh, put the end to this uh, podcast well, Tony, I appreciate you having me, and as always, I'm thankful to Nautique, my parents, Master Island Eagle Quantum, um, and everybody who supports me. Um, but no, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Why, thank you very much. Uh, that was Anna Gay. This is Tony Lightfoot, and this is the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. And until next time, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.